0: Welcome to Adventures in Marketing. I'm Caleb Wines.
1: And I'm Chris Kent. We're two industry veterans who will be having conversations all around marketing and media. What we've seen in our careers, what we see happening currently, and how we think it's going to affect the future of the industry.
0: If you've looked for a job or had to hire somebody, especially in the last three years, you know how tough it's been. LinkedIn is a quagmire, a sinking sea of nothingness that sometimes just feels insurmountable. It's very difficult to make real, true connections, especially with a prospective employer. Today, Chris and I talk with Jamie McCann, a third-party recruiter who we've known for a long time, to discuss the job market today.
1: Hey, marketing fans. Great to have you guys back with Caleb and I in our next round of conversations. We're actually very fortunate to have with us a fellow that we have known for many, many years through Caleb's and my career. His name is Jamie McCann. He is a great friend to us. He's also an outstanding recruiter. We thought it'd be great to bring him in to kind of give us a different viewpoint to what's actually going on, what he's seen in his history, and how he sees things changing in the future. Jamie, great to see you. Please introduce yourself.
2: Great. Well, it's nice to be with you guys and you're right, we have known each other for years. I've been recruiting for about 25 years exclusively in the advertising and marketing industry. Uh, I like to tell people that I started recruiting when I had hair and no stomach. When I started, I had hair and no stomach.
1: So then how does this past year in your opinion kind of compare to what's been going on? So like I want to make it like more like it just for me Everybody on this podcast knows at this point that I am looking for a job, but I feel like it's been a really weird year. How do you you see it from where you've been sitting?
2: You and I are seeing through the same crystal ball, Chris. It has been a very, not only frustrating, but tumultuous year because uh, companies, well, there's three buckets. I see a lot of companies are hiring as fast as they can find talent. Other companies are laying off people in droves. And the third company are hiring people in the front door while laying off people in the back door. Mm -hmm. And there's no rhyme or reason for it. For example, a couple of my clients in Chicago, two major full service agencies, both about the same size, both bill about the same amount of money, have the same kind of client roster. One of them is hiring like gangbusters, another agency, just a quarter mile away, is laying off people continually. And I cannot put rhyme or reason. Of to why
0: one's doing one thing and the other one's doing a 180. You know, I think Chris and I talk about this quite a bit, just because we see the same tumultuous environment that you just kind of referenced. A lot of it, I think has to do, or this is what Chris and I were talking about. A lot of it has to do with companies trying to better their financial position for maybe they want to sell their, their brand to another company or, you know, they're, they're trying to make their financial numbers so they don't get hit in the stock market. And, and they're doing stuff not necessarily to preserve or do the best job for their clients existing or new, but they're just doing it as a short-term move to be able to kind of better their financial standing.
2: Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I mean, it might be sacrilegious to say it, but I think a lot of the major agencies, because I work with a lot of major agencies around the world, are trying to hit their numbers for their holding companies. And then there's the independent agencies who are trying to make themselves profitable and keep their partners happy, and they have to scale back or load up. And that's the way the industry is for years, and it never will change. When an agency wins an account of size, they're going to hire. When they lose one of significance, they're going to unfortunately have to lay off.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is recruiting and hiring of, of people revolves around relationships. You hire a person not based on necessarily their their resume and their skill set. Even if you're looking at people, multiple candidates who have a similar background, at the end of the day, you go through the interv- interview process and you're hiring somebody because there's a, a connection, a personal connection. And I Absolutely. feel like a lot of that has gone away with the technology, that's it's like you can almost add an employee to cart, and and it's almost like an Amazon shopping experience because everything is so driven electronically these days, and a lot of the relationships have kind of gone away from the hiring process. I think you're absolutely right, Caleb, and that, that's one of the things
2: uh, I pride myself on is understanding the culture of an agency. So when I'm recruiting for them, yes, I will show you that person who has automotive experience, has done digital, social, and promotions, but they also have that intangible skills of collaboration, personality, great presenter, whatever else they need, because that's exactly what companies are hiring for. They're not looking for just that person who has the six years of experience
0: and has worked on the Mazda business. And I would expand that to companies looking to hire an agency. They're looking for that human connection as well because at the end of the day, a lot of agencies do the same things just as well. And the difference maker is that intangible of the relationship.
2: One thing I've seen, I wish I was wrong, but uh, the really most recognizable names, the most award-winning agencies pitch a business, and they have the names on the door in the room to present the business or say, we want you to join our agency because we can do the best work for you. They win the business, and then those principals are never seen again. They hand it off to the JV players, and it's like, what happened to Bob and Sharon and the people whose names are on the door who were telling us how great they wanted to have us as their
0: partner. One of the things I wanted to ask you, Jamie, is like, and Chris and I've talked about this numerous times, but does experience even matter anymore? Like the, it seems like a lot of the jobs out there or like, let's go back to the layoff scenario. I know a lot of colleagues at different agencies who the agencies have gone through layoffs. They lay off the most senior, the most expensive Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. at the shop. And what they're left with is more junior people who cost less. The question back to you is, does experience matter in helping these companies grow? Are the companies who are doing these layoffs being short-sighted? They're just looking at the their profit and loss ledger, and they're not looking at the ability to build their company with the right people.
2: I would almost take the other stance, guys. I would say a lot of, again, agencies are... Trying to make headcounts. So they will cut the middle management, the Indians, and they keep the chiefs, they keep the executives. And then the executives are set up to write the decks, make the copies, make the coffee, <laughs> and do things that they haven't done for 15, 20 years. When they had the support staff and the admin, they had people doing those things for them. So I, I think it goes both ways, quite honestly. But I, I just see too many times. They lay off 20 people when if they would have just let go one senior VP, they could have saved those 20 peoples, not only their jobs, but had that support staff that they need to get the job done.
1: Yeah, but then it goes back to Kayla's point of, does that support staff really understand the strategy the roadmap, you know, have the experience to get it done, right? It's it's a, it's a chicken and egg. So let me ask you, let me ask you another direction. Same question, but I want to bring in technology right now. How has LinkedIn affected your job? Because now when I go looking for a job and I see something on LinkedIn that I think looks really interesting, it usually already says like over a hundred applicants have applied. It's just literally spraying and praying, trying to find somebody you know. As we talked about relationships. But I also feel on the other hand, companies are just using LinkedIn as like a giant net just to bring in a bunch of people. And I don't know how many of those are actually real, how many are fake, how many are just hitting the easy apply button just to get their name in an, in an application. What's your opinion on how LinkedIn and technology and ATS has all affected your process?
2: Well, I will tell you this. LinkedIn is definitely the uh, bell winner when it comes to the advertising and marketing world uh you're right though chris when you look at a job um people like you guys tell me all the time that i applied for a job but i was one of 300 i take that and i get frustrated because then those hundred people most of which are probably not qualified for the job i hate to say it but that's that's just the facts so let's say an agency is looking for some account director They place an ad on LinkedIn. They get uh, 200 applicants. And I would say, out of those 200 applicants, maybe four or five are the right profile if they're lucky. My stance is third party recruiters like myself, we pride ourselves on showing the companies a handful of candidates, five candidates. And I hope if I do the job right, it's going to be difficult for that company to decide which one of the five to hire because they're all right on target. I I can give you an example. I personally, I can't speak for all the recruiters, but I pride myself on never posting a job anywhere. I will never find a candidate from one of the job boards like Career Builders or Ladders or Indeed. They're great resources for people to place their resumes and talent acquisitions often goes there to look for candidates, but it's like a needle in a haystack. I would rather focus and work through my network to find the right person for the right job. Uh, In fact, the one time I did place a job on LinkedIn because it was a real troublesome job many years ago, I remember I placed an ad and I, liked the companies, got over 100, 200 replies. I don't remember what that head count was. It was like, let's say an account director. It was an advertising agency looking for a certain pedigree and it had to be spot on. And it was a real difficult search. Anyway, I got a reply from an applicant, and I swear to God, he was a high school swim coach. And I go, I I was dumbfounded. Why in the hell would a high school swim coach reply to an advertising and marketing job? So I had to call him. I was wasting my time. I knew it, but I had to... I had to get to the bottom of the story. So I called him and said, <laughs> uh, you replied to one of my jobs on LinkedIn and I'm a recruiter and I work in the advertising industry and I got your resume and your cover note, but I got to ask, why the hell did you apply for this job? And he, exact words I'll never forget, and this is one of the chapters in my book that I'm writing. <laughs> he said, it
0: sounds like fun. Well, that that's a nightmare scenario, but give us an example of somebody that, that you placed that was an absolute home run and the client that you worked with said, thank you for bringing this person. They're exactly what we needed. I know you have a way more of those examples than the high school swim coach. Well, the best example I probably can give is there was an agency that
2: was changing their management, the entire management team, everybody from the president to the managing directors, to the sea level, everybody all the way down because they were just one a major global piece of business, like a 400 to $500 million piece of business. So they needed someone to be the point person, to be the day-to-day point person, to lead this huge account. And they wanted someone with this specific pedigree, category experience, but also management skills, uh, global experience, all the things that make a job very unique. I was able to show them the person in three candidates. I showed them three candidates. And the candidate they chose was the one I recommended. And the president called me within 60 days, says, this guy has already changed the business and helped us out. And he ended up being with that agency for 14 years, moving up the ladder, became the president of the agency. And he retired after that job. He said, that was the best job I ever had. So it's nice when you get that type of feedback from both the candidate and the company saying this was the right person and the candidate saying this was the right
0: job. Switching gears a little bit, how has your job been affected or the job of kind of third-party recruiters when a lot of agencies and clients hire in-house recruiters? They're not really, to Chris's point earlier, they're not really part of HR. They are adjacent, but their sole job is to acquire talent.
2: I'm not going to mince words. It has affected my industry or me personally significantly. In fact, my first recruiting firm that I went to and joined after leaving Footcone was a recruiting firm where I spent 18 years. And I think that's where I got to know both of you the first couple of years, the first times we talked. And one of my clients was another major global agency headquartered out of San Francisco And I had made a lot of placements with them. I mean, I was doing very well with them and it was a great partnership. And the president called me one day and said, we're looking for a talent acquisitions director. And I said, okay, give me the specs. What type of background do you want? He says, no, 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 you don't understand. I want to hire you. I want you to come in house because I'm tired of paying your fat fees. So I want you to come in house. I basically said, thanks, but no thanks. You can't afford me, blah, blah, blah. But he kept after me and he kept saying, what's going to take? Let's work this out. And eventually he wore me down and I ended up joining and I was hired to be an in-house talent acquisition director for a great agency. And I had a great time. I was there about three years. Their business model changed. So we parted ways, but we continue to be very cordial and get along today. But talent acquisition is really difficult because you're being paid to hire people, yet the reason the president called me and asked me to do the job is because he couldn't have his his talent team, his recruiting team were not finding the candidates. I mean, he hired like six VP, senior VP and C-level people through me in like two years. And those guys had the job and they weren't able to find these people. And he went to them and said, how is this outside recruiter able to find this talent that you guys aren't? I couldn't answer that question. So I just I say, it's my job again to show you the best candidates as quickly as possible and make it easy. But talent acquisition sometimes sees us third-party recruiters as competition because they're being paid to do it. I mean, I hate to say that because I do have a lot of good client partners who are talent acquisitions directors, and
0: I continue to work with them today, but by and large they try to stonewall us there there's two costs one is the cost of extending the this open position there's also there's a cost of having that open position a client can come back and say hey you didn't fill the fill this position which was part of our fee i want a rebate for the 6 months that you've had this open rec unfilled yep and yep. then and then the other side of it is you hire the wrong person And the wrong person comes in, you waste your time training, you waste your time, you're putting, maybe it's making the account suffer. The managers that you just referenced as being disgruntled because they're doing extra work, now they're doing even more work because they have a poor employee that was hired. And now you have to go through that painful process of, you know, getting rid of them and starting the whole recruitment process over again. (laughs) Getting the wrong person is sometimes almost worse than, you know, having an open position not filled. I was going to say
1: my my problem has been because I've been on the corporate side the past few jobs, right, have all been the, the internal recruiters handle everything, right? It doesn't matter if they're looking for a programmer or they're looking for somebody on the marketing team or they're looking for somebody, you know, whatever, a, a personal assistant to the president. And so to your point, Caleb, they don't understand what we do. And so you say to them, hey, I need somebody to run performance marketing, right? I need somebody to really understand XYZ. They don't understand what that is. And so then you get on they get on the call with people and like, oh, this person's really nice. I think you should talk with them. And then you look at the resume and you're like, this is not what I'm looking Like this isn't even close just because they don't understand it, because they're, they're just spread too thin across too many different things. Well, there's a
2: lot of third-party recruiters who do that same thing, guys. I got to admit, I mean, again, I don't want to say I'm the best recruiter out there because I'm certainly not. But I pride myself on only filling roles in advertising, marketing, and I even make the piece of pie even slimmer. I, I focus on client services, media, strategy, and operations roles. I don't fill creative roles. I don't fill admin roles. I try to fill the jobs that I understand because they were the people I worked with on a day-to-day basis. But uh, I couldn't fill a creative director job because I can guarantee you the executive creative directors of the world and I may not have the same vision of what makes a good ad. And I'd rather not beat my head. I'd rather work in the black and white world of market share, budgets, headcount, and things that client service, media, and strategists work on.
0: So, what advice would you give? And this is a two-part question. What would you? What advice would you give to pers- people looking for a job, but also for companies hiring?
2: Call Jamie McCann. <laughs> no, um, for people looking for a job, tailor the number one thing you should do is tailor your resume to every job you're going for. The resume, as I tell every candidate that sends me a resume, the first resume I get from you is the template. And then we're going to tweak it to work in the skill set that the company is looking for, the intangible things like people skills or website design, understanding what exactly the job is. Because if you just send the same resume for a account director on the automotive account and an account director on a fast food account and an account director on a financial service piece of business. They may not look at you because you don't have the right skills, even though you might have the same marketing skills, the same strategy, but it's a different mindset, the way people in automotive think than to people in financial services. So you got to really understand the industry and you got to let them know that because if it doesn't say on the resume, you're not going to ch- have a chance to say it in the
1: office and in the interview. So let me push back on you, Jamie. Let me push back on that because my soapbox and Caleb's already laughing. My soapbox is I hate more than anything when you hear, especially from theatrics and automotive, oh, if you've never done it, you can't ever do it, right? If you've never done a car, You're never going to be smart enough to do one. And I think it's absolutely just bonkers that people think this way. And I'll give you an example. I applied for a job at a CPG food company. I have seven years of CPG drink experience. And they said, sorry, you don't have CPG. And I go, sure I do. And I highlighted again what I did. They're like, no, 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 that's drink, not food. And I'm like, but hold on. Your item goes through the exact same outlets to get to the consumer that theirs does. Your item still goes through a consumer's thought process of what I want to buy, how I want to buy it, data insights, so on and so forth. Yeah, no, no, we agree, but you've never done food, you've only done drink, so you're not qualified. I just think that's the most ridiculous response I ever hear. Have you heard that response
2: before? You have. And that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, I know, and that's what the problem is. People have that mindset. It, it, I as a recruiter try to make parallels too wherever I can. For example, When I'm asked to fill a tier two automotive job, which is the regional people working with the dealers to develop marketing through an association, I often push back on the agency says, I will show you the best car people I can find. However, I would ask you to keep your mind open to looking at fast food franchisees because fast food franchisees are a group of conglomerates working together in an association just like a car dealer. And they said, yeah, that makes sense. We might consider that. And I said, I don't want you to just might think about that. I want you to consider these people. And sometimes I can get them to understand and interview them and even hire them. But there's oftentimes they say, no, if they haven't worked on, here's an even worse one, domestic cars. We don't want someone with Asian or European car experience. We need them to have worked on a United States made car. This is why? Oh, it's just the pride. I says, "Well, get over your pride and find the best person for
0: the job." So, the other the other half of this is the client side. I mean, we just talked about LinkedIn, you know, 300 people. They're on the other side getting those 300 and they're like, "Oh my god, what do we do? We need like a uh, 20 people to sift through these." They don't. They actually use an algorithm to filter it out. But what advice do you give w- would you give to to prospective clients, agencies or like Chris said, client side. That's, that's the tougher
2: side because they do use these ATS. I've known use ATS. Some recruiters do because I feel that ATS, all they do is look for keywords. And for example, if you're, if you've been an account executive and you're applying for a job and you have on your resume the title of the agency or the company that gave you was an account manager, if you've got account executive in there, it's not going to catch it. It's not going to, because it's it's semantics, I say. And they say, no, no, no. Manager is different than account executive. Oh, yeah? They both got three to five years' experience. They both have client interaction. They both help with production. And I try to make those parallels. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But companies, when they... Post jobs, I say, use your eyeballs. Read what the person is saying on their resume. Don't just put it through ATS because sometimes semantics, you're passing up on good people. I gotta believe they've missed some good talent because they will call me back and I'll tell them a candidate and they'll say, we need to help you find this person or this fill this role. Great. I talk to a candidate I tell them about the job, says, you know what? I applied for that job on LinkedIn a couple of months ago and I never heard a word. I says, fine, let me give them a call and talk to them about you and see what I can do. So I will call and say, listen, I understand you're looking for people and understand you've seen some resumes, but the candidate who I've talked to has never heard from you. Why is that? Well, we didn't feel like they were qualified. Well, Let me send you the resume. I send them the resume with a write-up that says, okay, this is why you should be considering this person. It matches this skill, this skill, this skill, this skill. They have a different title or they may have said you've worked in collateral rather than merchandising. It's the same thing. It's all semantics, guys. And that's where someone who's reading it, not a computer, will see the similarities. Sometimes I get clients to bend and say, oh, yeah, okay. I says, well, am I given authorization then to represent Chris Kent to you for this job then? I showed you the match. He sent his resume, and you guys totally dismissed it, didn't even give him a call to say thanks, but no thanks. Sometimes they allow me to, and sometimes they don't. So it's a game. I get it. But I think if we all work together for the Ben of we can get more people working or more jobs filled. It doesn't have to be through me. There's a lot of recruiters and there's a lot of good talent acquisitions people out there. So it's just common sense.
1: I went for a job back in May, I'll say, maybe in June, doesn't matter. And applied for the job through the corporate website, sent a note off to the HR person, The HR person very kindly, and I do appreciate it, actually sent me a note back saying, thank you so much for your, you know, for your attention to this and for reaching out. We've had over 750 applicants. So she's literally, she's like, I wish you luck. And like, I don't take it personally, but as we're talking about though, when you put something out through like a LinkedIn that just gets everybody hitting easy apply Or people even going to the website because they actually do care and they researched it and they took the time and they matched the skills. I just don't get how you sift through 750 because the ATS is definitely going to be missing individuals.
0: And I'll take it one step further before you respond to that, Jamie. I've talked to other recruiters, colleagues of yours that flat out say applying to any job on LinkedIn is a complete waste of time. No, I 100% agree. But... It sounds
2: like sour grapes when I say it and other recruiters say it. So we just have to bite our tongue, keep in touch with that client and say, listen, I see you're still looking for this person or I've heard you're still looking for that person. Can I show you some people that you may not have already identified? Because you've had this job open now for 90 days and 700 people have applied. Something's not going right
0: yeah go contact that swimming coach <laughs> <laughs> bring him back in the fold so Jamie and anything else you want to bring up anything that we haven't asked you? no I mean
2: I I don't want to make this about uh, Jamie McCann I'm just trying to endorse all third party recruiters. Um, I would encourage also companies that do reach out to third party recruiters work with a third party recruiter who really understands your industry do not Go with just a generalist. I always say, hire the recruiter that knows your industry inside and out because they're going to do the best job for you. Don't hire a plumber when your cable TV goes out, is the example I give them.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's good advice. Chris, what, what were you going to ask?
1: So I have two questions, and they're disparate questions. They're both individual questions that don't actually relate to each other. One is, which kind of blows my mind having grown up in the advertising space, I am very, very fortunate. So this is going to be myopic to have won several con lions, right? I highlighted on my resume, I highlighted on my LinkedIn, but you'll be surprised at how many, both agencies and brands have no idea what it means, right? They're like, never heard of it. So I was lucky enough that I've gotten, look, I'll just be honest. I have nine con lions and the con lion creativity festival actually flew me to to go there to attend their CMO accelerator program so like an advanced quote unquote degree if you will in marketing put on by them i've had very i've had very little success of people understanding what it is or what it could mean to what i've done or what i could do in the future do awards matter anymore
2: absolutely i am shocked that your success of winning 9 con lions is Govan not overlooked, but just not understood. I mean, my God. But uh, if because
0: that's not a filter for the applicant tracking system, they like, don't care. If nobody's looking for that, it's never gonna show up.
1: Right. If they're never gonna read the actual thing or look at my cover letter to see like to highlight it, then it doesn't matter.
0: We, or at
2: least me, again, as a third party recruiter, as I present somebody, this is an award-winning media executive. Who's won nine con lines, the international most coveted award in the industry. Or And I explain what it is. I try to be as elementary, but as also as educational as I can to these people. Because, yes, I definitely tell people highlight awards if you want a Clio, a con. A one, in
1: a Southern pencil. California,
2: a one, a pencil, exactly. Or even a building. Stand on your soapbox. That may be the point of difference, and I I would hope if it's someone who's really knowledgeable about the business, they're going to go, nine cons, lines, Jesus, and they go, they, they, they should want to talk to you for that per, uh, reason alone. I'm sorry.
1: I've- well, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So my, here's my second question. And again, it has nothing to do with the first question. This is now more of a, because I'm going through this right now. So this is more like both of you guys like to get your perspective on this. I applied for a role. Okay. Um, between now, I applied for the role on Monday. On Tuesday, the internal recruiter asked to connect with me on LinkedIn. And then I woke up today to find out that the internal recruiters head of recruiting, so their boss, also wanted to connect with me on LinkedIn. I've reached, I've, I've sent them both messages saying, Hey, thank you so much for your connection. I, you know, you may have seen that I applied. I do not want to be a, a, you know, presumptuous. Would love to have a conversation, but nobody wants to talk. Do you think like, should, should a person try and push that? Is that just them noting people for future reference? Cause I'm sure other people have gone through the same t- sort of thing that I'm going through right now. What would your words of wisdom be?
2: Caleb, do you want to take that or do you, I mean, cause I've got a, first stance i would
0: i feel like a lot of the job postings on linkedin are speculative they're just trying to, to harvest candidates they're not actually re- real jobs or they they may have something they just want they want connections and you know they may be searching for other stuff so i don't know but to to me it's like hey reach out to them i think you've already done that but i'd say reach out to them and say hey you know i saw that you wanted this connection is there a chance that we could have a conversation cuz that's when those awards can be brought up. I don't think people are going to be, you know, filtering that that through their resume tracking system. So, uh, but go ahead, Jamie, what were you going to say?
2: Yeah. My, my thought, Chris, I hate to be a skeptic and a pessimist, but sometimes I think people want to connect with other people to get to their network. They're not interested in Chris Kent. They're interested in who does Crink Kent,
0: who's he connected to. Then all of a sudden That that's kinda of what I was saying. That's 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 what I was trying to say.
2: I know, and I'm and I'm probably blackballing myself, but um
0: I've seen it happen. Well this has been great. I think we've we definitely have had a a fruitful conversation on this topic and I think it might be worthy uh, of another topic. I'm really interested to hear about what's going to happen in 2024. Maybe we have to get let a few uh months go by and uh we can reconvene yes. and kind of talk about how things have either stayed the same or are evolving.
2: Yeah, hopefully in 2024 we can like you say get together again and talk about the jobs you guys have found and about all the robust work I'm doing that I don't have time to talk to you guys anymore.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Chris, anything else? No, just, I greatly
1: appreciate your time, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. And you've obviously added a lot of wisdom. So thank you.
2: Well, I appreciate your time and you guys have been great, not only as uh, candidates and clients of mine, but you've also been good friends and uh, I appreciate you guys. Great success, whether it be with the podcast or finding the role and, I would encourage you and anybody else keep in touch. You can find me on LinkedIn or I don't know. um, I, I, I write my name on every bathroom wall I walk into. So hopefully.
0: All right, Jamie.
2: Keep in touch boys.